Hello and welcome to Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. My name's Alan and as always I'm joined by my friend Ski. It is me. And Brent. Hi. And we are continuing on our attempt to choose the best episode in the entire series of the Golden Girls. Today we're going over episode 10, The Heart Attack. We'll start off with Ski's recap, then give our uh, MVPs and favorite lines for the episode and rate how many slices of cheesecake out of eight we would give this one as we continue on this quest. So with that, I'll turn it over to Ski for the recap. All right. Uh, The original air date was November 23rd, 1985. Uh, It was produced by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman, co-produced by Marsha Posner-Williams, created and written by Susan Harris, and directed by Jim Drake. Uh, we kind of open on this one. Uh, Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche are saying their goodbyes to a group of uh, guests they had over for dinner. Uh, the people are obviously exiting the house into a very windy night. Yeah, it appears they're going out into a hurricane. It like, looks, I don't it's know. Rough. If, I don't know if they mm-hmm. were trying to get out before the storm. I mean, because the storm looked like it had thoroughly set in by the time <laughs> they were walking out the door. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of surprised that they ushered them out <laughs> into that weather, and mm-hmm. they appear to have plenty of food left. So you could have think they would let the party continue to rage on. Maybe. But they didn't have anybody take anything either because they were all like basically covering mm-hmm. their heads as yeah. they exited. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the reason that they gave them the bum rush out the door was because, you know, obviously they threw a party and none of the gifts were big enough to, <laughs> to <laughs> <Right>. see. <laughs> well, I, I thought maybe it was because Blanche was just tired since she was apparently wearing her nightgown to the party. I don't know. That, <laughs> that dress she had on yeah. the entire time it looked like she was wearing a nightgown to me. Yeah. It didn't seem nightgownish to me. Mm. Well, you're the one who wants to wear a nightgown to bed, <laughs> so you're the you're much more the expert than I. Yeah. Um, so anyway, sorry. So we, we've gotten to the front door at this point. Yeah, and they, Emma they, Jean leading the charge out. Yeah. <laughs> well, the three other girls come back in. Sophia's in there eating, just kind of picking up food. Uh, the girls, you know, are talking about how great the party was and how uh, amazing the food was, especially. Uh, I think even uh, door or. Sophia even says, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's very modest. Blanche talks about a specific uh, guest, Emma Jane, who I assume is a heavy set girl. Mm-hmm. She says she's like 275 pounds, I think. Yeah. I mean, I assumed like only one of those elderly people was remotely large. Yeah. And it was like the first woman out. Yeah. She didn't seem like she was, you know, <laughs> bordering on. Yeah, she didn't appear to be 275 pounds, yeah. but perhaps Imogene had already made her way, mm-hmm. you know, out to beat the storm earlier. And Maybe. <laughs> but. <Yeah>. Anyway. Um, <laughs> she magic ate a huge amount of food. Yes, definitely. And was uh, basically spraying everybody the whole time because she was talking while she was eating. Right. Uh, Blanche goes into great detail about uh, what she got in her eye and hair and such. It seems like that if someone was spraying you so consistently, you would just step back and, uh-huh. and you know, or just excuse yourself from the conversation. Uh-huh. You might take, even speak up about it. Well, perhaps, but you know, like I, I, I would have difficulty doing that because obviously it's not like you have something stuck in your teeth. Yeah. It's more like you have a problem, <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to correct that problem by by pointing it out right here. Yeah. But at the same time, I think I could still find a reason to excuse myself from the conversation so that I wasn't getting you know, pelted with maybe uh, food switch bits. chairs with somebody. Oh yeah, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, well, we don't know what the setup for the party was, nor how many people were there, you know, at the height of the party. Yeah. But, but we do get a good idea of what was on the menu, mm-hmm. you know, and even if it wasn't like an all inclusive menu that was provided, you know, it just seems like it would odd that with all that food, they would also offer rice as a side <laughs> dish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rice isn't typically part of the Italian. Um, it's a good it, filler. It was maybe a garnish. You got to build a base. Well, she didn't even say the rice was from there. It could have been lodged in her teeth from a prior meal. Um, Or maybe it was a potluck. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Well, I don't know. I I didn't get the impression that any of that food was provided from anyone but Sophia. But she is a, a, you know, I'm sure a a, a cook that can go outside of her Italian roots if she wants to. Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, maybe it was just something that was like stuck in her teeth, you know. Yeah, got dislodged by a cannoli or whatnot. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And who knows? I mean, maybe just Blanche gave her the benefit of the doubt that it was rice. It could have been a toenail (laughs) fall. Right. (laughs) Yeah, we we haven't met Imogene. (laughs) Exactly. There's the small possibility that it was her heading out the door. But again, Mm -hmm. that did not look like a 275-pound woman to me. It did not. Uh, So... 
But yeah. anyway, so so they're discussing the party. All went yeah. well. And Blanche even mentions that she went on a uh, trip to Italy four years back, and she didn't uh, even eat that eat as well when she was there. Uh, but she also alluded to the fact that she was uh, preoccupied, meaning that she was with many men. Right. And uh, Rose didn't quite get it, so she mm-hmm. had to be more explicit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem like the fact that she took a trip to Italy, something that she would have mentioned to Dorothy or Sophia before tonight? Yeah, you think so. I mean, you know, Sophia had that trip to Sicily, you know, a couple yeah. episodes back, and yeah. I don't remember her bringing up her... Exactly. You know, her travels at that point. Exactly. But, I don't know, though. There was a couple p- things that come up in this episode that, yeah. uh, <laughs> that, that kind of fly in the face of some of our prior continuity. Yeah. True, true. Uh, of course, she so describes the uh, the Italian women as the sexiest, most romantic, and most gorgeous, and that they're naturally drawn to her for her beauty. Well, and, and also, I think her... Um, she describes herself in three or four ways uh, as blonde, yeah, which is blonde. the part that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I don't know. Like that would be the most <laughs> dishwater blonde available if she <laughs> considers herself blonde. Uh, and I think she even mentions youthful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Dorothy asks, "What yeah. mirror are you using?" Exactly. And I think that dishwater came from the pipes of Flint. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the girls uh, kind of insist that uh, Sophia kind of relax while they clean up, since she'd done all the uh, cooking for. Two, the last two days. Right. Uh, Rose volunteered to help, but Sophia had said no since uh, she was Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. You know, what would you know? Uh, you have like a thousand ways to uh, make herring. And Rose says, well, no, not a thousand, but a lot. Right. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever eaten herring. I mean, I'm not a, a seafood person in general yeah. other than crustaceans and, and whatnot, but uh, fish themselves I'm not uh, yeah. well-versed on. Have either of you eaten herring that you know of? Not that I'm aware of. I think I did once. I mean, it's it's like, I mean, it's pickled. Mm. It's one of those things that it comes in a jar, typically. Oh, okay. So it's like that kind of, like anchovies or sardines. It's a real salty type oh, fish. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound at all appealing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rose does go on to talk about her, you know, famous Lindstrom surprise, mm-hmm. which is actually herring pie. But she says the fun part is that people don't know it's, it's herring. They just think it's like apple pie or something mm-hmm. similar. And then when they bite in, what a surprise. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, then that leads into talking about the uh, the cat Lindstrom, who mm-hmm. apparently is named Lindstrom Lindstrom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found it surprising that they knew her cat's name, but they didn't know her maiden name. They were shocked mm-hmm. that Lindstrom was her maiden name, but had already learned the cat's name at some point. Really? I, no, I thought they were saying that your last name was Lindstrom, so be the cat's first name being Lindstrom would be Lindstrom Lindstrom. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, wasn't she allergic to cats in a previous episode? I can't remember. It's I, don't, I don't recall that, but it's possible. Yeah. Irregardless of all that, okay, I get it. Lindstrom's surprise, and the surprise is the fact that it's actually herring in there. Okay? Right. But was she trying to surprise her cat? Like was That's her true. cat yeah, like? She said she made Ooh, it I'm for... getting an apple pie tonight. Huh? Ooh, fish. <laughs> like, was the cat more excited? Or like... I mean, I would think I've never seen a cat paw after an apple. So, <laughs> or or a pie, really? Well, yeah. No, I take that back. Pot pie. Well, yeah, perhaps. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a cat after a pie of any kind, unless maybe we're talking about Garfield. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I would definitely think the cat would be more excited about the the herring pie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the cat would also no theoretically the... smell the herring. Yeah, yeah, I would think the cat would have senses that would certainly <laughs> clue it into the fact <laughs> that there was not apple in that pie. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't know. It's was surprise the... for everyone else though, Alan. Yeah. Well, it's I don't know if she was exciting. specifically saying the pie was for the cat, only mm-hmm. that the cat loved herring. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I thought she said she made it for her cat. Well, on on maybe, his birthday, I think. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But maybe it wasn't exclusively for the cat. Maybe gotcha. it was something she made for mm-hmm. other. Uh, gotcha. Other lucky guests as well. Exactly. So. Anyway, Blanche found it odd, like you said, that uh, her cat's name was Lindstrom Lindstrom. Uh, but as they're talking, uh, Sophia exits the room uh, to go clean up in the. Uh, she exits the kitchen to go clean up in the dining room while they're kind of tidying up in the kitchen area. And Rose points out again and says, well, hey, she shouldn't be cleaning that. We should go do it because, you know, as they said earlier, she'd been working for the last many days. Uh, so they enter behind Sophia, who when they come in there, they see that she's kind of rubbing on her chest. 
and uh, she says she ate too much and she's got a bubble. Now, I looked on the uh, transcript. It said bobble, mm. but I thought she was saying bubble. Well, she said bubble, and then later in the episode, uh, right around that scene, yeah. Blanche said she knows what a bobble is, mm-hmm. referring to her ring or one of the rings on her fingers. Okay, I got, yeah. maybe I got confused or something. Yeah, because yeah, she definitely says bubble, and Rose and, and Dorothy agree, but Blanche mm-hmm. is the one who brings the word bobble yeah, into the mix. I may have misread that. But uh, Dorothy is obviously concerned. She kind of presses her for more uh, information on how she's feeling. You know, Rose, like you said, kind of pipes in. She says, I, I know what a bubble is. It only clears up after you, you know, you know. And she's like, know what? She says, have a big belch. And they're like, what was wrong with that? <laughs> and she yeah. actually was very improper. Yeah, I don't know. That would definitely not be a word that I would ever be. Uh, I mean, that's even the more, you know, tame version of the word than burp or, or whatnot although belch sounds grosser in a way but uh yeah that definitely wouldn't be something that i would think most people would censor themselves from saying <laughs> maybe it uh, you know there's an episode that says rose the prude so i mean yeah yeah perhaps in saying olaf the belch is part of the you know, <laughs> sexual uh, wooing uh, <laughs> process uh dorothy says that sophia you know doesn't look very good and asks you know blanche to call a doctor you kind of get Sophia laying on the couch and sitting back. Yeah, that was one of my favorite lines in the episode. Uh, not not my favorite, but but one of the upper tier lines for me was mm-hmm. when she told Sophia she wasn't looking good, and she said she's short and old. What did you expect, Lady right. Die um, <laughs> or Princess Die? So that was you know. So apparently, this episode was prior to yeah, <laughs> the yeah. death of Princess Die because I wouldn't think they would throw that joke in. Yeah, um, it was definitely in the most 80s. It wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be <laughs> as funny, right. at least. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a little more macabre. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, Rose uh, kind of adds that uh, the only doctor she ever liked was uh, Dr. Clyde, who yeah. was a vet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder, I know they mentioned a vet before. Did they mention Dr. Clyde then in the previous episode? I don't remember Dr. Clyde being mentioned previously. But I do remember them talk. she talked specifically about a vet. Well, I think she talked about a doctor that took care of both the people and the animals. Maybe, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Sophia asked, you know, what if I'm having a heart attack? She kind of posed that idea. Well, real quick, um, so Dr. Clyde, you know, a line that I really kind of enjoyed and kind of didn't. You know, she she says that her mom, you know, Alma, who we met in the previous episode, wanted Dr. Clyde to perform her hysterectomy, you know. <laughs> from what I remember of Alma, she doesn't really seem that flighty that yeah. she would want that. Maybe she just know. really got a strong trust in Clyde. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, but no, she does seem like a more practical woman than the type that would exactly. go to a veterinarian just because she wasn't a fan of doctors in general. Exactly. But I've got to assume that, I mean, she got her hysterectomy done somewhere. Right. You know, I mean, it was an elective surgery. Yeah, but do you think that's what like threw off her center of gravity and that's why she felt ice skating? (laughs) (laughs) Because she got a a my uterus weight. Like (laughs) it's gone. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, okay. I thought you meant because like she got it done, you know, like in a back alley abortion type of way. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm (laughs) saying like she was used to ice skating a certain way and now she's a little bit lighter. It's kind of like 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 your inner ear getting messed up. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That's how she you know broke her hip. Ice skating, you know, which when you're lying up with a broken hip, that's the time you get the hysterectomy. <laughs> right, because you're already, you know, exactly. having to have a recovery period anyway. Might as well get some lady parts removed. Exactly. <laughs> I assume the hips are involved in that procedure. I I'm mean, hips are in the general vicinity of that procedure. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know that they... Uh, now, I would say, I would guess that with a hysterectomy, you know, <laughs> something we're all experts on at this table, <laughs> <laughs> that there would probably be... Um, the hips would be involved to a certain extent. So mm-hmm. if you had to be in some sort of a cast that yeah. may uh, yeah. limit the ability to, you know, maneuver the person's body the way it would need to be oh, to yeah. remove a uterus. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to consult the uh, almanac and mm-hmm. find out about that. <laughs> exactly. More to come folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, Sophia points out that, you know, you know, based on the area where she's hurting, she might be having a heart attack. Dorothy tries to kind of dismiss the possibility but uh, Sophia is not so easily convinced. They discuss that heart, uh, the heart history of their family. Basically, they mm-hmm. start going uh, down the uh, list of people who've uh, had some tragic departures. And uh, but overall, they say you know they've got a family with good heart, you know, health in mm-hmm. general. 
Now, I don't know if I could. You know, they say that one woman died because she didn't have a heart. Uh-huh. Well, they just said she didn't have a heart. Not that's yeah. her cause of death, but they didn't give her cause of death. Yeah. And then that the husband died because he wanted to get away from. Yeah. And I feel like her name was Teresa, but they said it in a, an unusual way. It was yeah. it was something similar it's to like Teresa. Teresa or yeah. yeah. But both those people could have died of heart attacks. They didn't give <laughs> us the uh, the actual cause of their deaths. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe the actress didn't get the joke or something like that. I don't know. Like one of the uncles like was taking out the trash and he dropped his gun and shot himself in the forehead. Mm-hmm. And so listening to the line, you think it's like, oh, he was in the mafia. Like, and he got whacked. But the way they deliver the line, it's like, oh, he's just clumsy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Know? It was, it was oh. Italy, so. Yeah. Yeah, and as everybody has their piece on them when they're heading out to take the garbage out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but, you know, perhaps it'd be something where it's a combination of he was a, a clumsy mafioso, because that's yeah. why he needed protection. Or it's at a least rough the, neighborhood. Yeah, the streets be, of Italy. Were, you got to have your stuff yeah. on you when you're going out. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So they couldn't get a hold of the uh, doctor, but they were going to have the paramedics come and check her out. Right. And this is a different doctor than they last called for Sophia, who made the house call. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, uh, I don't know, maybe they're in Miami. They cycle through doctors a lot since yeah. well, they have quite was, a large elderly community. Yeah. Was the last doctor, was he the one who was trying to date both of them? And Yeah. Okay. So that's probably why they yeah, kicked so, him to the curb. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, because he was with Blanche and then was uh, trying to get a date with Rose at the same time. Oh, no, Dorothy. Oh, Dorothy, that's right, yeah. And he was trying to get Blanche. Yeah, yeah. And Rose was the one who uh, intervened. Mm -hmm. Exactly, because she tried to seduce him. Well, I think that, (laughs) who did Rose? Oh, yeah, that's right, Rose tried to seduce him to To, prove To 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 bring out his evil. Right. Yeah. To expose him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) For the lech he was. Exactly. She was like, I'm not like my mother. You know, he can get up in these guts. <laughs> I don't care. You're not a veterinarian. <laughs> I think we just lost our postmenopausal audience. <laughs> yeah, probably so. It should be most of our audience. So <laughs> uh, We transferred to Rose and Blanche. We were having kind of a weird back and forth about death and the. Uh, uh, dry clean. Rose had suggested that uh, we shouldn't have things like heart attacks or cancer. That we should just have a time when we trade in our life. Yeah, Rose has a real progressive view on things. I mean, because she apparently is like a soil and green type of a lady. Like yeah, yeah. that, you hit your expiration, mm-hmm. and then you know you're you're yeah. on out of here. Um, yeah. She's advocating for Rogan's Run. Yeah, you know, which is a position normally taken by those under thirty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you'd have to assume, you know, the way that they've painted themselves in different episodes is that if that was the case, they would not, you know, Ro or uh, Sophia uh-huh. would almost definitely be gone at this point already <laughs> yeah, exactly. under this dystopian <laughs> society that Rose envisions. Exactly. Which is, is such odd, like, so basically Rose is advocating that, you know, Living should be for the young, and yet, like within the hierarchy of things, she would put in her casket. Her kids came in third place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, uh, she wasn't. Um, I don't know. She she was more concerned about being cozy mm-hmm. than she was about being uh, yeah. with a memento to commemorate her loved ones. Mm-hmm. But, so anyway, so yeah. So these two are having their uh, macabre conversation uh, about death. Dorothy uh, asked them to shut up about the death conversation, basically. Right. And uh, they go into the kitchen to kind of make some coffee for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia then asks, what if I die? You know, she, her and Dorothy in the room alone. Again, Dorothy kind of dismisses the idea. But Sophia starts giving, you know, special info about, you know, th- where things are hidden. Mm-hmm. And uh, instructions about her funeral and final arrangements. Uh, she adds that Dorothy is her favorite. You know, speci- she very specifically says this. It says, don't tell your sister. Right now, is that her uh, being progressive herself and, and acknowledging Phil, who's a cross-dresser as a woman at this point? Because <laughs> isn't that the only sibling that we've heard about other, I mean, in, in other contexts besides yeah, this? I think so. I think Phil's the only one we've heard of. Yeah, <laughs> but she says not to tell her sister. But but we have <laughs> been told that Phil is... Yeah. Uh, well, she names the sister, too, though. Like. The, doesn't she? I don't think so. I, I think she I just says she don't tell your sister. I thought she mentioned having a brother and sister previously. Oh, did she? Oh, I thought okay. she had. Okay. I could be thinking about Blanche, though, because we know she has a sister. Well, mm-hmm. if they ever have mentioned the sister before, they definitely mentioned Phil at different points. Yeah. Um, 
So I guess she just knows Phil's not in the running. <laughs> so yeah. she doesn't have to even tell her that not to tell yeah. Phil because Phil would already know mm-hmm. that he wouldn't be favorite. Exactly. Um, ever since he had his dalliance with Coco. <laughs> right. Persona non grata at the Lanai. Well, she's laying there dying. She could be out of her right mind. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because... You know, she doesn't mention even trying to call her other children. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just enjoy the company of you four ladies uh, or three ladies until. That'll be it. Right. Yeah. It does seem like the kind of thing where, like, the phones would be out. Like, if the roads well, yeah. are that bad and everything. Yeah. Well, especially in that day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nowadays, exactly. of course, you have cell phones and, and in all likelihood, mm-hmm. you know, you'd still be able to get some reception. But, yeah, back then when it was all landlines, mm-hmm. you may go. You know, we call you with your phone line down. Well, we know that the phones are at least up for now because Blanche had called for right. the doctor yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, only got the paramedics, which, you know, <laughs> who wants that, right? It seems, again, such an odd thing. Like, I would never imagine calling my family physician. To come to your house. Yeah, I mean, I realize that, you know, house calls were certainly more um, commonly used back then. But even in the 80s, I would say that it was a yeah. dying. Um, well, I think it may be breed. more common also for the elderly. Yeah, perhaps. Especially if, if they've got like a doctor they're really comfortable with or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, but it just seems like the kind of thing where, I mean, I guess I'd assume that Sophia would be on, you know, Medicaid or Medicare or whatever. And it doesn't seem like that would cover house calls. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, you know, maybe, again, maybe in Miami, you know, you just have doctors that understand there's a different, uh, mm-hmm. a different expectation exactly. uh, than what there would be in a, exactly. in a younger city. Yeah. So. I was like, I'm going to buy Coke anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this will swing by. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, while uh, Sophia's given her special instructions about her funeral and whatnot, uh, in the kitchen, Rose and Blanche are having, you know, the discussion still. She discusses the potential that she maybe not is having a, is maybe not having a heart attack. Uh, Blanche then points out, you know, her advanced age and how, you know, at that age something's going to go wrong. But Rose points out that her grandparents lived uh, late into their 90s. Right. I think she said one lived to be 102 or something. Something yeah. like that. And uh, Blanche explains, though, that, you know, in Minnesota, it's cold. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And that slows the aging process. <laughs> right, just like how, you know, Walt Disney's, you know, frozen remains are underneath Disney World or Disneyland or whatnot. Um, That's what, right, for yeah. us all to enjoy. Yeah, well, you know, so that when they come up to the cure with whatever disease he's died of, <laughs> that, you know, they'll be able to thaw him <laughs> out and cure him and get back to work. I like to think broken leg. <laughs> broken leg, yeah. <laughs> they thought he was like a, a racehorse. Yes. <laughs> They're like, well, we could put him out, but. Well, she does, she says it oddly. She's like, you know how they freeze people so they can bring them back to life? <laughs> As if it's like accepted medical fact. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so. like, like she follows it up with, you know, just as far as it slows the aging process and everything, but that, you know, she couldn't live there, you know, because of the lack of men. And it's one of those things that, and, you, know, you know, Rose points out that we have farmers or whatever, and Blanche is like, ugh, you know, whatever. So basically, Blanche is taking the position that she'd rather be dead than date a farmer. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just that far, because, yeah, she has a real attitude, and I would think she'd be the kind of woman, given that she grew up in the South where there mm-hmm. are plenty of farmers, she talks about her time on the farm all the time. Exactly. And yet she she talks about farmers in Wisconsin with such a disdain, or not Wisconsin, but a Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, later in the episode, she even talks about how she loves Mounties, and that's Canada. Right. Yeah, that's, and that's pretty damn close. Like you're just yeah. over the border, I think. That's at that point, higher up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think it's, and I guess the difference is uniforms. You know, <laughs> as far as the farmer thing goes, you know. The farmers in Minnesota are actually farmers working their own land. In the South, you have help. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're not really the kind you're allowed to date, at least not publicly. Right. Well, yeah, definitely. I'm sure Big Daddy didn't exactly. uh, do a lot of his own, uh, a lot exactly. of his own plowing and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Her plantation life is just a little bit different than those Minnesota farms. <laughs> Probably true. Probably true. Uh, back in the uh, living room, uh, Sophia talks about how she's caught off guard by death. Uh, even despite her old age, she you know, didn't think it would ever happen to her. And then she adds that, you know, death sucks. Uh, back again with Rose and Blanche, because it does a lot of back and forth in this episode mm-hmm. where it cuts to, you know, one group in the kitchen and one group in the uh, living room mm-hmm. or or in the bedroom later on. Right. 
in a cool. Bl- Blanche and Rose are in the kitchen discussing the various methods of internment. Uh, <laughs> 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 you like that one? Exactly. You know, like you're about to tell us about a modestly priced receptacle. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get out my brochure. <laughs> well, you know, when you're when you are starting to you know get a little bit more advanced in age, then perhaps uh, yeah, per- perhaps you you are a little more um, knowledgeable <laughs> about the subject. Maybe we can have a word for that, like woke. Yeah. We can have something similar. Oh, like <laughs> asleep. <laughs> or, um, so, so yeah, so at that point, Blanche says she wants to have a parade thrown, you know, which sounds like she's going to be buried in New Orleans or something where you can just yeah. file a permit to throw <laughs> your own parade. Horses and all that sort in right. Arlington. And, and, and Rose had already actually dismissed the different way. Like she said, I don't want to be cremated and I don't want to be buried either. Right. And Blanche yeah. says, you know, but you'll be dead. You won't care. Yeah. She says, well, yeah, I guess. I guess burial then. Yeah. And that's when she starts saying, but give me a blanket. Oh, and I want some pictures. Yeah. I thought and it was funny that she didn't want to cremate it because she doesn't want to be hot, but she wants a blanket in the coffin with her, which I would think <laughs> would be pretty, you know, uh, stuffy to begin with. Yeah. A cozy blanket, Alan. Right. Not, not hot. It's maybe one of those really soft Chanel ones. Well, I mean, maybe they had like a big one from Kohl's. <laughs> <laughs> it is so odd that, you know, like they have the luxury of like figuring out like how they're going to be buried. Mm. And meanwhile, we just have to know that, you know, we're just going to fall wherever the Iranians bomb us. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, Guess I'm dying at the Bidwell's house and this is my permanent home. <laughs> So do you do you do either of you have a specific days. way you'd want your remains dealt with? Yes, per my wife, you know, when I die, that you know, she's gonna have me cremated. Oh, okay. You know, and then I'm gonna be interred, you know, with her in her with her ashes, like you know, something's gonna happen or whatever. But I don't want that. So if I do outlive her, it will just be so I don't have to worry about being cremated, um, just because I think cremation is so permanent. You know, so just in case the Walking Dead might come true, you want a chance? Exactly. Like I'm not. I'm not sure that I'm not. I'm not going that far, um, as far as you know, zombies and everything like that. But I'm just saying, like, if there is like some essence or spark within your body or whatever that can like become part of the earth and possibly come back through reincarnation or whatever, I think you've got a better chance if you're buried than if you're just burnt to a crisp. See, I thought you were going to say something to the effect of, you know, like if they find a way to map the brain or something of that nature mm-hmm. down the road. And then I was yeah. thinking, well, you're really full of yourself. If you think you're going to be the brain they choose <laughs> <laughs> and at random to pull out of the ground we'll, and we'll go just ahead. Zoom like a dozen bodies and, you know, wherever the chips fall. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the way the population's changing, middle-aged white guys are becoming extinct. So <laughs> they may put me on the endangered to species. To clone you. Then. <laughs> well, they'll want, they'll want the genetic material. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we're still doing okay. <laughs> so, well, I'm not. I'm not quite ready to start crying about the plight of the white man just yet. Exactly. <laughs> well, just be on the safe side. That's why I'm opposed to STEM training for ladies. Because <laughs> <laughs> your scientific mind <laughs> is really going to be what saves you down the road. Exactly. When I picture somebody in a white lab coat, it's always a dude who looks like me. <laughs> well, if movies have taught us anything, <laughs> they are mostly men, white mm-hmm. men, and they are mostly maniacal or have an evil exactly. plot of some sort, exactly. which will help you in your case of exactly. being brought back from the dead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Whenever they show a picture of a bomb, it's always a dude who looks like me next yeah. to it. Right. Well, as it should be. Yeah. So. <laughs> Someday, I imagine it'll be a dude that looks literally exactly like you. <laughs> and it won't be a movie. It'll be the news. So. <laughs> so Rose wants to be buried with like a thousand things. Right. And... Uh, Blanche then points out the ridiculousness of this and then talks about her own lavish funeral. Right. And uh, mentions at the end that she wants to be buried in Arlington Cemetery because it's full of men. Right. Yeah, which is, I mean, I guess that kind of goes along with your idea of if there's a spark of you left, then Mm -hmm. would you mingle most likely with the people you're buried near? I mean, I would assume that's what she's getting at. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, would that that flow into your... No, I mean, I don't think so. So you're not going to seek out, like, 
bury me where some, uh, mm-hmm. you know, young women who were no. taken from the earth too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just exactly. in case I want to be older. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm just saying. Reincarnation seems like it'd be tougher <laughs> if you were just burnt to a crisp. I think the only chance you have of that happening is like, you know, some part of you, you know, goes into the soil and then gets eaten by a cricket or something like that or gets oh, eaten by okay. an eagle or something. So what do you think? Like we have like the fucking all spark? Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm not saying Like there's that... one cell in your body that holds your essence yes. and that yes. you're hoping no. that some creature eventually ingests that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm not saying that that's likely okay <laughs> I'm saying, i totally understand that the odds of that being what it is mm-hmm. are like one and you know whatever the super highest number you can possibly think of it's so infinitesimal it's probably not even worth mentioning okay but with that being said I do think it's a slightly better odd than if you like were to be cremated. I think even then you're taking the one possibility off the table. Well, what if your essence is trapped inside of you mm-hmm. and if you get buried in the coffin, it's just stuck there in the coffin. But if you get burned, then it gets released out into the through universe. Smoke? It, well, yeah, through, yeah. you know, whatever ashes, whatnot. Um, but at least then like it has a way out as opposed to you're waiting now for the coffin to biodegrade yes. over the course of thousands. Of, I don't know how long a coffins last for, but I imagine a really long time in mm. today's standards. I want to fashion myself a cardboard coffin, mm-hmm. low, low budget, of yeah. course. And then, you know, also it'll biodegrade faster. Yeah. I mean, my goal, I, my desire would be, which this wouldn't work out. I want it to be the cheapest way possible because mm-hmm. I don't want my family to spend yeah. any money on disposing yeah. of my remains. Mm-hmm. My goal, or my hope, <laughs> for the way that my body would I be like dealt goal. with. Yeah, I think my goal, a... yeah. Well, again, if there was a cheap way to do this, I would like to be put into a catapult and mm-hmm. shot into the ocean. Yeah. Um, obviously, I would biodegrade probably the most quickly in that way, yeah. you know, get back into the earth. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there would be no need for burial. But I imagine yeah. catapult rental is fairly expensive. Yeah. Plus, you'd have to transfer me to some Mm-hmm. large enough body of water that they'd be comfortable shooting a dead body into it. Yeah, yeah. So what what like, what if we just found like a crick and it kind I of mean, like let you just flow off into it. I mean that's fine. And I love the idea of like probably my favorite if if I had to pick my favorite all time movie, it's probably Stand By Me. So if I could be somebody's Ray Bradbury, that'd be great. You know, if I found I a dead body. Yeah, I'd be super happy. But unfortunately, that's just going to cause more work for the police and my family have to identify me again. They're like, yeah, we put him in that creek about a year ago. Know. You know, however long it took for these four boys to discover me. Yeah, see, I was thinking of your dead corpse stuck in a drainage pipe like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> well, see, I think part of the problem, too, is that even in the other Ray Bradbury type of a situation, Kids today aren't like that. Like I would, my corpse would definitely be desecrated. Yeah. If, uh, <laughs> Who goes outside anymore? Yeah. Around? Well, a few people go outside. When they do, I mean, they'd be putting fireworks in me, <laughs> you know, filming me and putting me on YouTube doing compromising things. And I don't want my kids to end up having their last memory being seeing a video of Daddy's corpse, you know, blading <laughs> a dog or whatever else they would do to me. So exactly. Um, you're the, contact your next of kids like oh we found his corpse and you know he had 12 matchbox cars on his hiney and i'm like oh he died like he lived (laughs) he was a collector exactly um no but i have thought that you know like worst case scenario like absolute worst case scenario is like you know i'm the last you know living person of my you know family or whatever okay um, I thought you were going to say, like, on Earth. Yeah, no. <laughs> it goes along with the, the, uh, the bad scientist. Everyone else is dead, and exactly, it's just no. Brent's time right? to shine. So, you know, if I, you know, the doddering old man, hopefully, you know, but if I'm the last one, I was thinking I would just go to, like, one of the Indiana State Parks or whatever, and then just, like, just wander off the trail into the woods <laughs> and just sit down under a tree and expire. <laughs> right. You know, someplace where, like, they're not going to find my body, you know, just... <laughs> decompose or whatever right there well one of my favorite episodes of the simpsons i, I was watching the other night where mo is trying to rediscover his love of bartending so mm-hmm. he goes back to swigmore university yeah. and talks to his old professor there and the professor tells him that he has cancer and mm-hmm. mo says is there anything you can do to help and the professor says something to the effect of like uh only if you have a cure for cancer 
you don't have a cure for <laughs> cancer, do you? And then, you know, of course, Mo says no. And then the professor just walks into the lake. <laughs> and, uh, I think that would be a pretty good way to, you yeah. know, to end things. Um, yeah. You think drowning is the way to go? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I would say drowning would be unpleasant, but fairly quick. It might be better than just laying down and waiting to starve to death or whatever would happen to you in the forest. <laughs> I think, like, you know, within a day or so, the elements would get you. Well, what time of year are you going? <laughs> like the dead of winter, so you're going to freeze to death? I still think that'd be worse than drowning. Drowning only takes a few minutes. Say, like, this is the worst case scenario, and I'm a doddering old man. You know, like I'm 100 years old. <laughs> How are you going to get to the breeze. state park at <laughs> 100 years old? <laughs> you gonna like? Are you waiting for a day when the nursing home van takes everyone on a field trip to the <laughs> state park and you're like all right this is brent's chance <laughs> me and my fixed income can probably afford an uber you know? <laughs> Did you guys take a head count i think we're missing one yeah well listen you are no better than anybody that a head count doesn't always work i mean you got left at ford's theater in eighth grade i don't think they did head counts though yeah well they did have a buddy system so i guess we, <laughs> brent needs to find a nursing home with no buddy system <laughs> So that his, you know, plan of dying in <laughs> Indiana State Park <laughs> will come true. So. Come to fruition. Right. It's, it's a beautiful idea. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So go go ahead back with the. Uh, if it could be any park, it would be Angel Island. Angel Island. Off the coast of San Francisco. That'd be a hell of a difficult park to get to as a 102-year-old man. <laughs> Understood. I'm <laughs> say. living in San Francisco at the time, though. Well, I mean, it could be, but I don't know. Brent doesn't have the financial means to. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, retire in a swanky area like San Francisco. I don't got to retire there permanently just for the last two weeks. Oh, okay. So you're going to take like a Greyhound <laughs> out to San Francisco. <laughs> and uh, if you don't get murdered on the road trip, then <laughs> go ahead and wander onto that island. And now Route 66, <laughs> taking the ferry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's quite a plan for a daughter, you know, one old man. <laughs> you better write these uh, instructions down so you can just hand them to somebody and hope that <laughs> they go ahead and follow your confused, yeah. uh, you know, request. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So go back to, uh, they discuss what they want done with their bodies, and then... Well, back in the story, uh, Sophia and Dorothy kind of, then after their conversation, they join uh, Blanche and Rose, join Sophia and Dorothy in the living room, uh, they kind of bring in the coffee they'd gone to get. They all kind of share a nice moment, and they you know, exchange I love yous and such. Dorothy is still very worried, and Rose insists that it's not a heart attack because you know she's seen a heart attack with uh, Charlie. Right. Uh, and she kind of uh, recounts that Charlie had a heart attack during sex. Yeah, she had told this story before to Artie, but mm-hmm. I guess she had never never revealed to the, you know, the ladies. Me- or Dorothy mentioned that she never knew. Yeah. So uh, then she you know, talks about how she had to dress him before the medics would arrived, and then uh, how he was very particular about his attire. Mm, and very <laughs> dapper, yeah. Very dapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they had an argument about wearing white pants after Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a, a sweet but sad story there. And Blanche comes back into the room and then tells him that, you know, due to the bad weather, it's going to be a while till the medics can arrive. And they discuss maybe transporting Sophia themselves. Like, well, if the medics can't get here very fast, what chance do we have? Right. Hopefully all the party guests made it home okay because right. it's pretty soon after they sent them out into the hurricane <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> you know, there's down power lines and trees and whatnot, car wrecks. I mean, they could have another funeral that they're planning yeah. for, you know, Imogene. That's another episode, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually kind of impressed that Blanche was the one that uh, pointed out the flaw in their logic. And with the voice of reason in this case, she's she's oftentimes a little more headlong into something. I don't know. I would think that uh, Rose would be the only one that would surprise me with her attention to logic. Um, I don't know <laughs> that they've really painted Blanche to this point as being that uh, flighty. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Perhaps if a man was involved or something, then sure. But uh, but under other circumstances, she seems to be you know mm-hmm. have her wits about her. Well, so anyway, ultimately they uh, they decide to wait and pray. Uh, the girls go in to check on Sophia, who's kind of laying down. They're kind of huddled around her. Real quick. So, like, when they say that, you know, like, you know, Rose says that, you know, hey. Rose says, I guess, hey, we should just, you know, pray. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, isn't that the first commercial break? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then we don't know, if you know, how things are going to turn out yeah. after, you know, so, what a couple ads for. A mini cliffhanger, if you will. Yeah, yeah. But do you think, like, 
people at home at the time were like, ooh, I wonder if they're killing Sophia this week. Oh, they could be. Or maybe that was just their subtle way of being like, stick around for the commercials. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just wait and pray through <laughs> uh-huh. these uh, commercials and don't, you know, change the channel. Yeah. Now, back in the 80s, it was a little more of a chore to change the channel than it is now. But I think by then they had the little clicker thing that would go across. Yeah. Um, so not quite, uh, yeah. not that difficult. But Yeah. But really, like, who would change the channel? Like if you well yeah if, if you, you're that far into the episode exactly. you don't know if Sophia's gonna survive yeah eh, I'm not that involved <laughs> like what are you gonna turn it to something that's already ten minutes over <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that's true no DVRs at the time yeah so, so yeah they're checking on Sophia while she's kind of laying down they kind of huddled around her she's startled because she, she opens her eyes and sees everybody like kind of crouching around her yeah yeah just uh, inches from her face. And she says that she uh, said she died for a short time. And I said, no, no, you were just napping. And she insists that she saw her husband in heaven and that he was surrounded by women, I think. And uh, Dorothy goes to get Sophia her rosary and uh, Blanche follows her. And she's like the first one to like, you know, mention, you know, her spouse in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously Blanche is like, oh, marry, marry me in the Arlington where all the men are. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and Rose is like, oh, I'm probably going to remarry. So go ahead and throw his picture in there, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was. Um, OK, so let's say that, uh, you know, Helena goes before you. And you get up to heaven. Is it going to bother you if you get up there and she's surrounded by dudes? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like, oh, I mean, even she's like, oh, I've been waiting for you. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, I've kept myself busy <laughs> with, you know, yeah. all. I mean, because I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of uh, of her husband, but yeah. he's been dead for 30 yeah. years, I think. At this yeah, point. Sal's been dead for like 30 years. Yeah, so I mean, I guess if someone's been dead for thirty years, you accept that they're you know would perhaps take a a wife in the afterlife or mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. But um, be surrounded by women, I don't know. That yeah. seems a little a uh, little excessive. Yeah, but like, doesn't time move a little differently there? Like, thirty years is just like a blink of an eye. Or yeah, something? it could be. I don't know. Maybe maybe what it's alluding to is that this really is a show where they go with uh, more of the traditional Muslim view, and he's <laughs> surrounded by his ninety nine virgins. <gasps> You know, maybe he was a martyr, and we just haven't hold, heard the entire story at this point. <laughs> so he's got 99 virgins, and Sophia ate one. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> maybe he was a pimp in life, and then there was a horrible accident that took him and all of his uh, girls. Mm, at and the same time. Yeah, and they're just there together hanging out. So now they're just servicing the afterlife. I don't know what they're doing. They're hanging out, though. I mean, oh. He's surrounded by them yeah. in one capacity or another. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, so she has apparent, supposedly seen Sal in the afterlife. Dorothy and uh, Blanche go to get uh, her rosary for her. Rose sticks around and starts talking about how she had envisioned when she was growing up that there would be uh, different heavens, like a Catholic heaven and a Protestant heaven and a Jewish heaven. And, of course, she hams up with all the stereotypes. Well, it starts off really more specifically describing religious things. Like, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic, uh, or at least was raised, you know, Catholic and uh I mean, I am still Catholic, but anyway, like the nuns and priests or whatever, mm-hmm. very much specifically to religion. Right. Um, and I, whatever she said about Protestants, again, I think was pretty specifically mm-hmm. religious. Then you get into the Jewish stuff, and it starts getting <laughs> a little racist um, when she, because she goes into more, less about their religion specifically and more about Jewish stereotypes. Bankers or <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, starts to veer off into, you know, at least some she- problematic uh, See, descriptions. I, I was okay with it because she said Jewish heaven was populated with the libraries. Oh, okay. You know, and so I just assumed that those libraries were full of all the books that Hitler burned. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the, the books so went they were cremated. See, exactly. they were cremated exactly because obviously they were Jewish books. Don't get me wrong; she wasn't, you know, giving negative, uh, you know stereotypes about Jewish people, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be too much different if she was like, oh, it's black person heaven and they're playing basketball mm-hmm. and, you know. <laughs> Wasn't uh, Di- Walt Disney like famously anti-Semitic though? There is a debate on that. Um, he supported a couple, I think, clubs or whatnot that were anti-Semitic, but he also was very well known for hiring a lot of Jews uh, to work him so you know I, I i don't think that he is i don't believe i could be wrong but i don't believe it's been proven one way or the other but at the very yeah. least some of the people or organizations he supported are problematic for sure yeah well that's the thing though okay so he supports problematic organizations mm. 
but he gets a pass because he hired minorities. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying he gets a pass. I'm just saying that I don't think it's conclusive that you know because I don't you know I don't know enough about it. In all honesty, I don't want to speak yeah. out of turn. He may have been you know yeah wholeheartedly anti-Semitic and only hired Jews because he's like, well, I don't care. I want talent regardless of what you know <laughs> yeah. what I think about your faith. But um, he was a shrewd businessman. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of thinking. I mean, like you always hear about like, you know, professional sports team owners who are just horrendously racist, oh, yeah. which are like, oh, we'll give them a pass because they have, you know, five African-Americans on their starting team. I don't know. I don't think that maybe at a certain point in time, you know, like I think, you know, Donald Sterling was the last, uh, mm-hmm. the last one that was around that was known. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. he the one who had to sell his team? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And gotcha. so, I mean, I think at this point in time, we're past that. But there was mm-hmm. certainly a time when it was uh, swept under the rug at the very least. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not defending Walt Disney uh-huh. one way or the other. I'm just saying that's what I've, I've heard, that yeah. there's some people that view it as that he was and others mm-hmm. give evidence that suggest he wasn't. But yeah. who knows? Mm-hmm. The world when they thaw him out, know. maybe we'll find out. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I like to think that he's not. Like, I would like really hope that like you know his whole epcot and world of tomorrow and everything i'd like to think it was a multicultural world of tomorrow yeah yeah well i mean you know, figure the small world ride all by itself not that he designed yeah. that but it certainly was uh yeah very big on multicultural yeah you know, situations exactly so. he wrote the check for that yeah like you know, an overall know. positive outlook on all cultures yeah yeah and that you know we're all small world after all you know exactly smiling friendship to everyone so. exactly but on the flip side of that, you know, we had to wait until he was dead before we could have a black man in the Hall of Presidents. So <laughs> I don't think that we can. Uh, I don't think it's quite fair to attribute that. Uh, I, I don't think there were other black presidents that he was, you know, holding out. Um, yeah. We'll check the transcript and find out. Okay. We're not an expert on that. So. Right. On the presidents. <laughs> exactly. Well, he checks all the boxes, but does Disney support him? That's true. Uh, so anyway, so all right. So at this point, back on task. Back from the commercial. <laughs> right. So while uh, Rose is in the living room regaling uh, Sophia with her ideas of heaven, uh, Dorothy and uh, Blanche are back in the bedroom looking for the rosary. Dorothy kind of breaks down a little bit, says, I don't know what I'm going to do if I miss, if I lose my mom. I love her so much. And Dorothy kind of comforts her and you know tells her, you know, saying that we're all family. We're here with you too. Don't forget that. And then we kind of bounce back again. Sophia on the couch and Rose is annoying her with yet another story. And Sophia asked her to kind of be quiet because she's just trying to have her wits about her. Just then, Dorothy brings out the rosary, and uh, the doctor arrives. Uh, he comes in, kind of starts uh, meeting everybody, starts kind of starting to assess what uh, the symptoms are, what's, uh, what's bothering Sophia. He asks what she had for dinner. Um, she mentions that she hadn't had any dinner, even though they had a big meal. But then the girl, he said, well, just tell me what you ate today. And then all the girls start piping and say, well, I saw her eat this and that. And, you know, they give a, a laundry list of uh, various things that she kind of picked at or ate during the day, including in the end was like two boxes of milk duds. Mm-hmm. The doctor's eyes are just getting bigger during the story. Like, that's that's a lot of food. <laughs> now, he had a shitty reaction to yeah, you know, what she Yeah, it was a little bit harsh eat. almost. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like, I mean, without knowing the amount she ate of everything, I thought he was a little harsher than he had the right to be at that point because, yeah. I mean, if you're just eating a little bit, a couple bites, even if it's of 10 different things over the course of a day, yeah. that does not mean that you have, like, <laughs> a huge amount of food. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I but, think he demands that she keep her girly figure. Well, that could it's, be. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's one of those doctors. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like the plastic surgeon, and he's concerned <laughs> <laughs> that uh, she may not. Uh... He's like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> you may have two glasses of water and a, and a, a biscuit. <laughs> I, 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 I did enjoy that uh, there was one line. It was kind of a throwaway line, but I thought it was a good one. I can't remember who asked. I don't remember if it was Rose or Blanche, but one of them says, how come so many doctors are Jewish? And Dr. Harris says, well, it's because their mothers are Jewish. Yes. Which, I thought was uh, that was yeah. it wasn't my favorite of the episode, but it was definitely one I enjoyed. Yeah, I think it was my favorite line of the episode. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the doctor kind of summarizes that her symptoms are uh, indicative of a gallbladder attack that he thinks is from overeating because of the variety of things that she was eating. 
but then he wants to verify that with the portable EKG he has in his car. Seems like the kind of thing he would have brought inside with him the first time. Well, especially Maybe. with the monsoon going on yeah. outside. <laughs> uh, when he heads out to go get it, Blanche asks what, if, uh, if he happens to be single or what. And then uh, Dorothy says, or what? And she's like, happily? And then she's like, happily. Yeah, it definitely continues to go on to you know show that Blanche is not exactly the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. After all this good news, Dorothy and Sophia are very happy to kind of have mm-hmm. a little tender moment again. Uh, Dorothy says she's also very happy that she's her favorite. And Sophia's like, favorite? What are you talking about? She's like, I thought I was dying. <laughs> yeah. So she kind of burst her bubble there. Yeah. Now I would still say, in all likelihood, Dorothy would be the favorite. I mean, she's the one she lives with and takes care of her. If she wasn't her favorite at, you know, earlier in her life, I'd have to think at this point, yeah. Dorothy has ascended to the top spot. But Sophia's not the type to throw around those kind of uh, compliments mm-hmm. willy-nilly if she doesn't think she's dying. I think she's knocking her back down a peg just right. to, you know, keep her in line. Exactly. You know, because she doesn't want her getting a big head and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, being too full of herself here in her 50s. Well, earlier on when she said she was her favorite, she said something about keep the silver. Maybe she doesn't want to give her the silver now. Oh, yeah, Maybe she's be. trying to change a heart. Mm-hmm. The girls are, they cut scenes of the girls drinking coffee in the kitchen. Uh, Sophia's not there, but uh, they're all talking about their own preparedness to die. And uh, they evaluate life choices and how kind of menial they are in the grand scheme of things. Uh, like the choice to not eat the chocolate cake in the fridge. And Blanche's curiosity is like, what chocolate cake? <laughs> and so then she goes and gets the chocolate cake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that whole scene just tickled you. <laughs> it did. Dorothy kind of recounts a story about uh, a lady who uh, went to a fancy restaurant and only got like a really small salad. Mm-hmm. A watercress again, I believe it was. Yeah. Which this is like the second uh, episode with the watercress you know, mention. So I mean, it's a big thing in Miami. Mm-hmm. Now, who? So she recounts a story of mm-hmm. the the friend who was in France or mm-hmm. Paris, and you know, had a gargoyle fall. Uh, on yeah, her. she says yeah. when she left the uh, restaurant, a gargoyle fell and killed yeah. her. Yeah. Now, who is the asshole who's recounting the story to begin with? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we went to this restaurant. She just ordered this <laughs> because she was trying to keep her girlish figure, and then she died. <laughs> yeah. Like it just seems. Those like are the details that are. <laughs> yeah, like that'd be a really odd set of details. Like your last memory of this person is how <laughs> they were so vain that they wouldn't, you know, take advantage of <laughs> this opportunity to well, eat at this fancy restaurant. It just seems odd because basically Dorothy's position is, and it just really makes you think. And it's like, yes, it does, but it seems like something you would have thought about before today. Right. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to really have death on your mind to really draw the conclusion that <laughs> she well, messed up. Well, especially the death was already on your mind when you were given that story. Why wouldn't you have thought when this person who was mm-hmm. relatively young died under <laughs> these circumstances and yeah. didn't take advantage of their last meal? Shouldn't that have been? I mean, granted, it's not mm-hmm. as close as your mother would be. Yeah, yeah. But still, it seems like that would have been a wake-up call in and of itself <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, I saw the story as much more of a plot device, like an well, Aesop's sure. Fables type thing. Yeah, but I mean, if we just, uh, everything's a plot device and we wouldn't <laughs> have much of a show if we just go with, uh, <laughs> yep, another plot device to move the story <laughs> along. We got him. Damn writers. Exactly. So crafty. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the credited writer for this episode? Oh, Henry. <laughs> But uh, they ultimately decide against the cake because they then start thinking about their own figures and how they don't want them to kind of go to to be shot, whatever. I think Blanche even mentions that if she has one small dessert, her panties cut off her circulation. circulation. Yeah. yeah, that was one of my favorite lines. This whole scene had really my favorite, my actual favorite lines in the episode, but we'll go ahead and close it out and then I'll go back to that. Yeah. I did think it was odd that nobody mentioned that she only wears them for about four hours a day. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, that definitely would have been a good zinger. Four, four hours is enough time to do some serious damage to your you know, nerves, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, got a history of t- thrombosis. T- t- tender nerves there, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, so then they, like I said, they decide against eating the cake. They put it away and, and decide to take a nice little uh, uh, walk. They make the, the comment, I think, that uh, with as much as they ate today, they'd have to walk all the way to Canada. And that's when Blanche's like, ooh, Mounties, I love Canada. Yeah. yeah Even that, though Minnesota's chopped liver. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> well, and that's, 
you can see the window in the background. There still appears to be the same monsoon going on that was going on. <laughs> You know, that apparently the doctor was able to navigate, even though the paramedics could not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so they're going to go out and go walking and, you know, what appears to be at the very least a windstorm. Um, <laughs> but I'd assume there's probably some precipitation that goes along with that, too. Yeah, but so that closes out, closes out our yep, show and at then that they, point. And they exit and the show closes. So, yeah, there was a couple lines in that uh, that I, you know, that particular scene that I liked. The one with the panties was certainly high on the list. I, I also liked... Where uh, Blanche said, you know, just kind of the fuller thing about the cake, but here we are eating chocolate cake, which we or here we are not eating chocolate cake, which we all clearly adore because we want to stay very thin and then drop dead. Uh, <laughs> and said, that's nuts. Which, I, for one, I like the idea. Now, granted, I know that it was a that to stay very thin and then we will drop dead. Mm -hmm. But the way it sounded was almost as if that was the goal. We're going to stay very thin and drop (laughs) dead. That's nuts, which that would be nuts if, (laughs) you know, your plan was to stay thin to drop dead. Um, Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, But that was one of my favorite. But my actual favorite line, well, so your favorite, so we'll just just to go around, your favorite line. Was the uh, Jewish mothers? Jewish mothers. Yeah. Did you have a particular one that oh, stood and, out? Uh, and just I don't know. His whole thing was really good mm-hmm. um, as far as like you shouldn't be eating like that at any age. Or, right. You know, <laughs> it was good stuff. Um, I don't remember exactly how it was phrased, but I liked the uh, Lindstrom, Lindstrom surprise mm-hmm. with the herring pie. Yeah. yeah, that was that was good. Well, my, my favorite line wasn't really a funny line. Normally, I'd always pick a funny line, but I did like the line that just because made you know. It's something that I think about on a regular basis where Dorothy says, how can I take seriously most of the things I take seriously? Yeah. And there, I don't know, I, I, on a regular basis, I don't know, I think about the, uh, I don't know, the vastness of the universe, the fact that at some point there's a reasonable chance the entire human race will be gone, um, <laughs> you know, because if we don't find a way to get off the planet before we destroy the planet, <laughs> you know, then we'll probably die out as a species. It's probably more likely that we'll die out as a species than that we get off the planet and colonize some other habitable planet. And, uh, and honestly, almost everything we're doing at some point, no matter how famous you are, no matter how much contribution you make to the world, it will be forgotten because you know, <laughs> the civilizations of the past eventually get you know, almost entirely forgotten. I mean, you think about in the last, you know, you go more than 100 years back, and there is a pretty small group of people <laughs> that are remembered. You go 1,000 years back, and it's an extremely small group of people that are— Well, mostly historians yeah. know who those people are. Right, yeah. I mean, your your average person would—you know, there may be some names that are familiar, but most people aren't, you know, specifically name, name familiar. five pharaohs. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, Tutankhamun. There um, you go. And— uh, Nefertiti. I think she technically was a pharaoh. Okay. Um, I'll take your word on that. I'm not sure if she was or not. But uh, did you have one? (laughs) (laughs) Pharaoh Fawcett? (laughs) (laughs) The most famous of all the pharaohs. That pharaoh really hated Vietnam, though. (laughs) She did. Jane Fonda. Didn't Pharaoh Fawcett have something? Uh, Maybe I'm totally wrong. Um, But... uh, she did introduce indoor plumbing. Who, Farrah Fawcett? Oh, Fawcett. <laughs> Pharaoh Fawcett. Of the, uh... Yeah, I think this They're joke all is... They're gems. <laughs> Brent gave a decent joke to begin with. It was a pun and not a great one, but it was decent. Then I ruined it with my uh, incorrect... Uh... Reference, mm-hmm. and then I think you buried didn't help it. it. Yeah, if anything, I was just putting pictures in the coffin with him. <laughs> I put it in the grave, and then you took a dump a... on the grave. <laughs> so that, so that a, a decent. Uh, I cremated reference. it, Alan. I, I... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This uh, I, I really enjoyed this episode overall. There wasn't a ton of great zingers in it, but I thought it was a good mix, personally, mm-hmm. of funny. All the girls were, you know. Yeah. completely in almost the entire episode mm-hmm. and uh and also you know a little more poignant um than some of the others yeah did you get misty-eyed i didn't get misty-eyed but it, I, I think ski knows this i don't know if you know this or not but um 
I actually did have a situation about six months ago, almost exactly <laughs> like what Sophia <laughs> was going through, where <laughs> I was having, I guess, some real bad indigestion. <laughs> and um, you had a bubble. Well, yeah, basically, and and I like got to the point where I thought I was having a heart attack, and I actually called the yeah. you know nine one one, and they came, and you know twenty five hundred dollars later, you know I found out that I did not, you know it was just indigestion basically, yeah. um, but it's just the worst indigestion I'd ever had, and then I think <laughs> having the indigestion that wouldn't go away, and it was right there in that <laughs> chest area, then started making me feel panicky, so then I felt yeah. sweaty, and you know. Like mm-hmm. then all the other it, symptoms that would possibly go along with a heart attack. A, a snowball effect. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it, in a way, it, it didn't make me emotional or, or but that particular. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a lot like the incident <laughs> that I went through. Although, um, yeah. you know, and there was one brief moment where I was kind of having that reckoning of like, I better, you know, say some things here that I want to say. But mm-hmm. uh, so, so it was kind of, um, I don't know, hit a little close to home, I guess, in, in that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah. But. And this was the night that I got no text from you. <laughs> yeah, that was the night. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I normally do send you a good night text. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Hashtag Coco. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So overall, so my MVP. I think the MVP for me for this one was easy. I think you could you could argue Sophia, but I would definitely personally go with Dorothy for this one. I thought. She was in almost the entire episode, and um, I thought did a, still a pretty good mix of the serious stuff along with the comedy. So she might be my MVP. I know Brent's probably going to pick fucking Imogen, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Imogen. Imogen. Oh, sorry. I was going to go with Doctor Harris. Oh, okay. Um, with Sophia in a close second. Yeah. Doctor Harris was solid. Solid guest star. He's the only real guest on the episode, other than the people two running outside. Yeah, people fleeing. Yeah, yeah, running to their death. Um, so, so who did you have as your MVP for this one, Ski? Uh, I went with Blanche because despite uh, the downtrodden uh, nature of the episode, she consistently talked about doing men. Yeah, that's no, <laughs> true. She does have a pretty one-track mind. Yeah, when they were talking about Doesn't what was matter. up in heaven, you know, she asked, I think, twice you know, about the number of men that uh, she <laughs> saw in heaven. Yeah, so. it was just... Yeah. <laughs> Sad. Like, it seems like it should have been clear to her that, yo, yes, there are men in heaven, but the women outnumber them, apparently. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, unless Sal is such a ladies' man. Exactly. That, you know, he's really, uh, you know, really killing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it would seem that there'd be, at the very least, a disparity between. Exactly. And if there's anything we know about white men, there's definitely less of them in heaven than there are. Well, exactly. The exactly. women. It's one of those things that, like, so, you know, Blanche wants to get there because she knows George is in hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she must be buried at Arlington, which it's like, you know, depending on how closely, you know, all those guys killed people. Not all of them, but a yeah, lot yeah. of them did. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Depending on if, um, you know, what kind of a pass you get for that when you get judged or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, under uh, which specific religion you, you know, happen to subscribe to. Yeah, she just doesn't want to be buried in the antebellum section. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So this one, uh, what would your, how many slices of cheesecake would you give this I one I didn't out like of it eight? as much as I think you guys did. Uh, I'm going to give it two. Two? Wow. You, yeah. you didn't like it much at all. Yeah. Uh, it, Does it make you think of your own mortality? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I may have mentioned it on this podcast, but in general, Ski is a better person than I am. I Almost almost exclusively uh, <laughs> a better person in almost every way. The one thing that I think that I'm better than him, you know, the one small thing is that he said recently that he hopes he dies before all of his family members because he doesn't want to have to deal with mourning for their deaths because he that's, lost his father. That's my one he, uh, selfish thing Yeah, for that's sure. the one thing where I'm like, now, see, I'm on the opposite end where I say I would want to outlive all of my family members because I don't want anyone to mourn for me. I hope that mm-hmm. when I come times for me to die, no one mm-hmm. you know cares or notices. But I also don't want to have Alzheimer's or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a catch-22. hanging out with Mr. Jingles at the end? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I just assumed that Ski was going to be late for his own funeral. So yeah, he's uh, going to be here for a while. <laughs> Alan insists that I will outlive everyone, though. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, there was a 
there was a time when Ski definitely was on track to be the first to die just because <laughs> he had so little interest in self-care. And now all of a sudden he's on like maintenance medications and stuff like that. And yeah. I don't know, it's a real disappointment to be <laughs> honest with you. I, I wasn't looking forward to Ski dying at all, but now it's like, is he even living anymore? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. And then uh, Brent, what, what uh, rating would you give this one? I don't know, five and a half. Five and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would give it a six, I, and which I think is the highest rating I've given to an episode so far, mm-hmm. you know, in our 10. Um, yeah. I, I really liked it. It's the neighborhood of the, neighborhood of the pilot. Yeah, yeah. I, would just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Now, Ski, though, of course, is torpedoing this one, even though I thought the pilot was a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to be talked down to a seven and a half, which I'll continue to bring up till the end of the end 180 of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so uh, with that, I guess uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.